This is exactly right. So mini Mimi sewed. It's tiny and Mimi's here. Mimi's here. She's an abusive to the dog, to the puppy. That's her job. And that's her job as a big sister. She's the queen cat and she's got to slap some puppy teeth <laughs> out of puppy's mouths. <laughs> <laughs> that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Georgia sends me a picture, a text me this picture and goes, look, Mimi just slapped this tooth out of Cookie's mouth and it's her palm and the tiniest, tiniest. baby puppy tooth. I want to oh. say in defense of Mimi that puppy teeth fall out. She's at that time. So sure. she just, it's almost like the big sister who tied the string around the puppies. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but it is aggressive. Paw, and with cookie, her paw yeah. slapping. Cookie, yeah, except <laughs> uh, uppercut. And now Cookie won't come close. She barks at herself, but she knows to keep her distance. Yeah. You got to get that three foot radius around Mimi. Yeah. I think we all know that. Everyone knows that's, that. That's how it is with that cat. <laughs> Um, are you ready to read some emails? Let's do it. You want to go first? Let's, this time? let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's kick right off with uh, the subject line. Flower is flammable, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, MFM crew. Sorry, Karen, but flower is not something you should put on a grease fire. What if that's all the hometowns from now on is just about how wrong we were well that's fine it's, i was wrong jim was wrong i was wrong we were, i know it. you actually georgia but it, there what you went are you sure like you did have a, a pause about it thank you um so who cares but i'm a follower so i was like you must be right uh well and also you you know with the with the background of someone who is supposed to have definitely 30 years 30 plus years experience i give you the benefit of the doubt yeah okay i gave jim the benefit of the doubt we always did. a mistake we all do okay but this is it's worth it to get this email. Yes. Okay. okay so it says, hi, MFM crew. Sorry, Karen, but flour is not something you should use to put out a grease fire. It's super flammable and once blew up an entire mill in Minnesota. Hold on. On May. Does she go on to tell the story? Because I have. Yes, I have a dim- I have one, too. <laughs> is this the same one? I mean, you go and then I'll go. Yeah, it's got to be. Right. It's not the same one. It's a totally different email about the exact same thing. No, but I mean, in the same state? I think so. Okay. Tell me about it. Well, let's, let's find out. Okay. On May 2nd, 1878, uh-huh. the Washburn A mill exploded in a ball of fire around 7 p.m. The explosion triggered a few others, and not only was the Washburn A mill destroyed, but a few, but several others in the waterfront area. 14 men working the night shift at Washburn were killed, and the city of Minneapolis's burgeoning flower industry, which had just overtaken Buffalo and St. Louis as the leading flower producer, had been reduced to a third of its capacity. It took firefighters all night to put out the flames, and speculation began immediately that it was caused by an earthquake or a train load of nitroglycerin. or even bad gas from the Mississippi River that sparked the the blast. The manager of the Washburn Mill claimed it was caused by flour. Two millstones that had become too dry rubbed against one another and created a spark. Mm -hmm. The ever-present clouds of flour flour dust in the mill went boom instantly and decimated the area. The manager's claim was later proven by two University of Minnesota professors, S.F. Peckham and Louis W. Peck. 
<laughs> That's funny. Very similar last uh, they name. They are. They are. The mill's owner promised to rebuild and was as good or better than his word. He rebuilt the mill in about five years with several safety innovations and greater capacity. The mill is now uh, a museum. I've never been. I'm from Massachusetts, not Minnesota. But I had to write this in after today's episode where even home gym thought flower might put out <laughs> put out a grease fire. That shit can take down nearly a whole city. So please use baking soda. Sorry for the long witted corrections email. You guys are great and I love you all. One of these days I'll send you my six degrees of separation hometown story. I've been sitting on that for months, but showing off my knowledge of flowers, explosive powers got me writing within an hour. Of listening, yeah. even though I'm at, even though I'm at work with tons to do, <laughs> stay sexy and don't explode in a cloud of flour, Jean. That was great. Mine's different, which is so, which is funny that Lily pulled. <laughs> Lily yes, was able to I pull love two different stories. Let's do. I love that we have we have. Um, uh, what do you call that? Battling, um, battling yes. explosive flower stories. God, that's crazy though. Like who who knew? I mean, firefighters, except for Jim, and a lot of. Civilian retired for a while. Oh, he yeah. doesn't really care. He's he's the one that in the um 1989 uh San Francisco earthquake, we were like, Dad, are you gonna go in? And he was like, No, I'm not on the I'm not on the on schedule. It's like America's I don't want hero. going in until they call me. America's hero, everyone. America's hero. Um, all right. Okay, here's here's mine. Yeah. Hello, fire starters. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to you both discuss whether you can throw flour to put out a grease fire triggered a teenage memory of a damp, dark field trip to an industrial plant that made bricks. <laughs> as fun as watching furnaces and slag is, the best part was when one of the workers, encouraged by 13-year-old boys, exploded stuff for us. <laughs> Health and safety sat differently in the 90s. Mm -hmm. He also told us the story of a woman who blew up her flat whilst making a cake. She dropped a bag of flour in her small kitchen. Okay, so this is totally different. I was wrong. The concentration of the flour in the air was the right density to catch fire from the stove flame that was already lit. It turns out most things can explode if at the right concentrate in the air. Mm. According to Stuff You Should Know, other podcasts are available. Flour <laughs> and many other carbohydrates <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, become explosive when they're hanging in the air dust. So don't drop. Fuck. Ugh, it's crazy. You can YouTube flower explosions if you want to see it in action. Of course, I decided to Google flower explosions. Oh, here we go. And found the 1979 Roland Mill disaster where 14 people died and 17 people were injured. According to Wikipedia, other poorly researched information sites are available. It was the largest peacetime explosion to date. Whoa. A cable fire led to dust explosions, which triggered the flower silo to set on fire. The roof of the silo was blown off and the walls collapsed, tearing the whole building apart. Flower dust rained down across an area of 30 hectares and the fire burned for over a month. Oh, my God. So the moral of the story is if you're making a cake, remember, a moment on the lips, a building may be ripped. <laughs> this person is clever. Yeah. I have emailed you my college murder twice before, but even I have enough self-respect not to send it a third time. Love, Kate. <laughs> Kate, you're clever. Kate, send it a third time. Do what it. what is pride in quarantine? Yeah, in hometown. In hometowns there is no pride. Send it and put it in the in the thing in the subject. Lily, this is the Kate. But Lily, they now everyone's going to do it. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Lily. 
Uh, I, I mean, look, this is this is the best way. This is the way I like to learn. Yeah, this is why this is why I like our podcast. This is why I like podcasts like our podcast. This is the way to learn by going, wait, sorry, this is not only is this was I wrong in giving this example, but here's how bad it could right. be. Here's exactly how in real life this can happen. Horrifying. Let's like, change the U- United States school system to fucking give examples of crazy stories <laughs> yes you can tell me a fact and yeah. that's fine in science class yeah back it up with an episode of stuff you should know yeah let's anything that explodes we'll learn about and we'll yeah. retain it i'm sure they were exploding stuff and i still could not be bothered <laughs> i think you shouldn't go to high school until you're 24 <laughs> okay this says hometown and family connections a little bit. This is a little bit long, but I think it's worth it. Right. Hello, lovelies. I'm from a small rural town in southern Wisconsin and grew up in one of the two local funeral homes. My grandfather was actually the OG director in his small town near Green Bay. Uh, of his four children, one became a minister and the other three went into the family business. He had four locations that were split between brothers and my parents started their own business in another town. For them, growing up in a funeral home through the 60s and 70s is exactly what you'd imagine. Mm. The funeral director was the only person that had a vehicle to accommodate a gurney, so he ran the ambulance service. And my mom has stories of cleaning that out as a child (gasps) after emergencies that would make your stomach turn. Hey, honey, go out and then do your homework. Grab that hose. Are you done with your homework? Grab the hose. (laughs) Uh, There really isn't enough time in the day to tell you all of her or my stories, but I'll try to hit some fun highlights. My grandmother was from Almond, Wisconsin, which is right next to Plainfield. If that sounds familiar, it's because that's where Ed Gein lived. My grandparents had stories about how he would give out canned (gasps) meat during the holidays. Uh, and my grandpa actually gave him a ride one time while he was walking down a long country road. Oh, but, my God. We hear Ted Bundy stories like close calls or whatever. This is fucking a gain. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that's someone has tapped to their grandparents for stories. So totally. Which is that's it's like a vintage yeah. uh, version. My grandpa said he was a creepy guy. Go figure. No. <laughs> I have a bunch of paranormal stories ranging from radio wars with spirits in the embalming room, lazy TV watching spirits Mm. and spirits playing the piano in the chapel to a fully white slash translucent young woman spirit and I coming upon each other among the casket displays only to both be startled and run in the opposite directions. Oh, my. (laughs) This is the others. That is like she doesn't realize she's dead she thinks she sees a spirit yeah and she might not be who the fuck knows what we don't know why we're we're we don't know we don't know what side of the curtain we're on that's right uh however i've been binging your podcast to see if you've covered my hometown murder and though i'm not all the way through i've yet to hear it this murder occurred in 1994 in jefferson wisconsin high school teacher aide diane borchardt convinced three of her male students to kill her husband, Reuben. They were 
in the beginning of a divorce, have this having been both their second marriages. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she convinced them exactly, but she took his and her children to his parents' house for an overnight visit. And that's when the boys broke into the home and shot Reuben. Wow. It didn't take long for one of them to crack and come clean to the police. The three boys and Diane were all sentenced to varying terms in prison. My parents did Reuben's funeral and my mom remembers it being pretty crazy. She said there were undercover cops all around because they suspected Diane of being involved and wanted to keep a close eye on her behavior. Mm. The Lifetime movie about this murder was called Seduced by Madness, the Diane Borchardt story. Definitely remember that. Right. And they wanted to film at the funeral home, but my parents wouldn't go for it. Mm. They did sign something to allow them to use the red brick building exterior in the movie, though. There's also a snapped episode detailing this murder, season 18, episode 11. One of the boys had actually been our paper boy at the funeral home, and he would come in to steal candy from the dish on the banister. Having had enough, my dad waited around the stairs to catch him. I'm pretty sure he scared the absolute shit out of the kid because he never came back. Jumping out and grabbing someone in a funeral home is a great way to end some dickery. My siblings and I went through a lot of babysitters that way. (laughs) Actually, oops, shrug. (laughs) I love the quote, quote, they say you die twice, one time when you stop breathing and a second time a bit later on when somebody says your name for the last time. (gasps) You ladies are giving victims life beyond their tragedy. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty cool. SSDGM Elise Jacobs. Wow. Thanks, Elise Jacobs. That was twists and turns and that was crazy. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and and what a, a for a second when um, Elise first started describing that murder, I was thinking of that Nicole Kidman movie. Yes, because it's very similar. That idea of like hiring teen that um, of like Black Widow murderer yeah. women who hire teen boys to do the dirty work for them is a, a special place in hell. You're it is ruining really, the rest of even if they don't get caught. Like you're ruining, I, yeah, you're the ruining rest their, of lives. their lives, and everyone knows fucking teenage boys can't keep secrets. Also, they just—it's it, they're susceptible. It's like that yeah. idea. It's it's why all of that is like fucking leave children yes. and teens alone. They don't know what the hell they're doing, and they like, want to be like uh, macho, and they think that they're tough, and they watch The Sopranos or whatever the fuck. Yes, yes, exactly. That is egregious. So, Georgia, please leave teenagers alone. I'm just, I, I can't tell you again. <laughs> Jeez, please. you're so judgmental, Karen. Sorry, sorry. I just am sick of it. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Hi, people and pets. You're great. I'm obsessed. Blah, blah, blah. Let's get into it. Another solid. I moved to Manchester just over five years ago for university, and when I heard you that heard that you love the city as much as I do, I decided that I needed to tell you my favorite with a U story from the city. It yes. has everything. Yes, Hannah Beswick was born in 1688 to rich parents, so her life was pretty good for a woman at that time. That was until the day of her brother's funeral, as they were pulling down the lid of the coffin. All caps. One of his eyes opened. What? Yes, he was almost buried alive. <gasps> Everything that I have read says that this quote broke Hannah and gave her a pathological fear of being buried alive, which is fucking fair in my opinion. J- absolutely, <laughs> completely, uh, not only not insane, the sanest reaction you could have. Absolutely. Watching it happen to your almost happen to your brother 
then you're like, now I'm afraid this is going to happen to me. Absolutely. Um, Nothing wrong. And then she says, as if that were a weird reaction to her situation. Exactly. Wouldn't you be just a little shaken by that happening? Also, being buried alive was pretty common back then, as I found out from one of your episodes. Learning. We're teaching people stuff. That's right. (laughs) Sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's not. (laughs) Don't put out a grease fire with flour. (laughs) So to keep her from this fate, she added a line into her will that said she wished to remain above ground until a doctor was absolutely sure she was dead. Now, I read that as keep her above ground for a few days and keep an eye out on her. Her family doctor, Dr. Charles White, interpreted it as embalm her and display her mummified corpse. Oh, which is what he did when she passed in 1758. Oh, after a short stint at her family's home, her embalmed body was given back to Dr. White, who put it on display in a grandfather clock. (laughs) Reuse, recycle, reuse. Repeat. <laughs> Repulsive. Um, I'm confused. Like she like there's a clock up here and then down here, the embalmed woman, body of a dead woman. No, I think he turned a, a grandfather clock like horizontal. And you know how they have the little doors and they have the see through glass. I'm just saying, is the clock part still active? Oh, I have no idea. Probably Ticked. not. You're standing there staring at a really creepy thing. And then there's just the tick. And then you're like, oh, shit, I'm late for my appointment. And then gong, gong. I really hope not. Okay. Um, Later, she was given to the Museum of Manchester Natural History Society, where she was named, quote, the Manchester Mummy. And she became one of their most popular attractions. In 1867, the museum decided that she was irrevocably and unmistakably dead. She was finally laid to rest in 1868, 110 years after her death. But the story isn't over. It's said that before she died, Hannah buried some treasure to keep it safe from Scottish rebels in 1745. But she never told anyone where it was and it was lost. The story goes that long after she died, her ghost was seen multiple times. Jeez, we have similar stories for each of these. I know. Her ghost was seen multiple times walking over to the same flagstone and disappearing. Someone who lived there pulled up that flagstone and found a massive stash of gold. Yes. He's smart. Uh huh. He sold it and was given three pound tens. The now 450 pounds for each oh. piece. Oh, I was so disappointed at that. Oh, that's amazing. No, it's good. So there you go. The story of the Manchester mummy. Sorry it was so long. And thank you for getting me through my long shifts at work. I hope you come back to the UK as soon as this whole pandemic malarkey is done. We'd love to have you. Stay sexy and don't wait 110 years to pronounce someone dead. Jenny. God. That's a good one. It's almost like they were being sarcastic. Like, oh, okay. You want us to make sure? Okay, young lady. Fine. Oh, you're, or maybe it was the coroner that accidentally almost buried the kid, the her brother alive, and he was like, "Well, fuck, I'm not at fault. You're at fault." Or he's, or he was like, "You think you're stressed out about right. this? Now this is my number one fear. Right. This is my reputation." Well, he's like, "One more, and I'm fired." That's what. Yeah. They, that's what they said. Especially from the same family. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Yeah. If, okay, I'm just picture it. You're out of funeral. No. no. A family member funeral crying. It's your brother. I was picturing him being young. Yeah. Yes. And then one eye flies open. Can I tell you something? This happened to you? No. Something similar. But I know. Okay. I was at 
my ex's my ex's grandma died natural causes we went to her funeral course and they were whatever religion it is that you kneel in front of the casket i think it was light light christian some light christian <laughs> thing and Wait, what? i don't Sorry. know light christian you know like like fat free <laughs> no like not super hardcore like whatever vince is or was oh, raised Piscop- e- Piscop- I- Episcopalians, okay. they're the lightest. That's they're right. One of the right. lightest, which is not to say they don't do great work and totally love the Lord. No, I'm all about the like. They're they're not like, oh, here's a bunch of totally. horrible incense and we're going to shake a thing at you. Yeah. Body of Christ and all that. No, 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 like, that's what I'm saying. It's like it was totally as a Jew. I was like, all right, all right. Yeah. So yeah. I go with him, of course, as support to kneel at her casket, open casket. And like, I we're leaning over her and she looks so serene and there must there. I know there's like gases and stuff in the body as they, and I swear to God, we both froze. Cause she went, <sighs> Oh God, Georgia. That's so scary. We both sat there like wondering if the other one had heard it <laughs> full on full body chills. I was like, he's not going to forget this about his poor grandma for the rest of his life. Did you have somebody check? To make sure she wasn't so she frustrated for being assumed dead. dead. If she <laughs> wasn't sure. dead, she was when they fucking embalmed her or whatever. Okay, Bless good. her soul. Lovely <sighs> lady. I've been embalmed. The frustration of being embalmed. Ugh. <laughs> the hassle. Ugh. This again. Those stories, man, when they sit up in the morgue. Oh, and then the poor fucking coroner's like, ah! you know? Yes. Oh, God. Well, I have a, a ancillary story, not similar, but that's what this podcast one of, is for. Right? One one of my favorite family stories is when my grandma Anne died, the matriarch of uh, my dad's side of the family, and a just a legendary, hilarious, badass, wonderful woman. It was so sad, and it was my grandpa died first, and so when yeah. she died, it was like, oh, they're it's both over. gone. It was yeah. it was really hard and sad for everybody and of course my dad has eight brothers and sisters gigantic family and so so my cousin danny and chris are the two youngest uh, were at the time the two youngest cousins uh-huh. they were like the baby of the family's babies yes and so i think um i think it was danny and i think he was about seven and when he went up to um look at the body he, you know, he did that by himself. His mom let him oh, do it by himself. No. So later on, my aunt Joe um, said, "How w- how did you feel about seeing grandma like that?" And he goes, "It was okay, but her hands were really hard to pull apart." <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, how old was he? Seven. He was really little, oh, like seven. And oh, and, and my aunt told us that story and she was like laughing Cry. and crying at the same time yeah. but she was like i tried not to react like to his face oh, but oh my god what was my he doing god. i'm just picturing you walking in on a seven-year-old <laughs> ripping her hands apart obviously like you like, wanted to hold one, one last not, yeah just like oh you does he get shit for that story to, every you weren't christmas to, i don't think so i think it was that kind of thing where get we're all going like, oh my god <laughs> If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. 
June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, made-in cookware. Made-in was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made-in. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's It's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. I mean, can we end the episode now? Because that was epic. (sighs) Um, Well, you might want to, except for it's my turn, isn't it? Yes. Yes.
Because it's time for Ball Pit Stranger Danger and my mom. Yes. Don't let's not walk away from an opportunity <laughs> to go into the ball pit. <laughs> right? Never ever. Hey, team. Talking, speaking of, how, how do you use the ball pit that I surprise sent you? <laughs> I haven't used it yet. You got it. I have it. No, yeah, that's got to be a fan cult video as you diving in. Well, that's exactly why I haven't set it up because Georgia <laughs> sent it to me and then immediately went, set it up and take a picture and post it and do this and do that. And then I was just like, this goes right into the closet. I'll do none of those things. All right. So this starts. Hey, team, are we still doing ball pit stories? Yep. What about pretending to be kidnapped? Cool mom stories? Just whatever occurs to us? Great. This email is for you. When I was a little over two years old, 27 months, if you're a weirdo, my mom was maybe six months pregnant pregnant with my little sister. One day we were at Chuck E. Cheese for a birthday party. She was hanging out with the other parents while I was off enjoying life. 1989. Am I right? Suddenly, my mom hears my little voice calling for help. She jumps into action and follows the sound to the ball pit. She looks in just in time to see my little face sinking down beneath the plastic balls. Or she likes to tell it, quote, all I could see was your face being obscured by balls, unquote. <laughs> my mother, in all of her pregnant glory, had to jump into the ball pit to save my ass from drowning. Oh, my God. Bless her. Cut to two months later, my mom is massively plagued pregnant with my sister and on our way to my grandma's my mom decides to stop at the mall for one quick thing because i was generally a well-behaved child and because we only needed to go to one store my thought my mom thought it would be okay not to use the stroller and to let me walk dear reader it was not okay <laughs> the moment we crossed the threshold i took off running as fast as my little legs could carry me i darted in and out of stores while my very pregnant mother chased after me when she finally caught up with me out of breath and nauseous see she scooped me back up to carry me back out to the car i must have known i was in trouble because i just went limp in her arms and started to shout help help me help i don't know her how do kids know to do i've heard people say this before kids are such dicks they're such dicks i don't know her this was not like my peak, mommy <laughs> this was like peak stranger danger time Aww. and my mom says that she could feel everyone staring at her hopefully she did her best not to lose her cool or to vomit and she calmly carried me out of the mall thankfully no one stopped her thankfully or unfortunately because... i mean <laughs> there there's you could argue both sides yeah um and we safely made it to my grandma's house. She's pretty sure that being so visibly pregnant stopped her yeah. from being accused of being of kidnapping. Yeah. Needless to say, my perfect child reputation suffered for a while <laughs> <laughs> until my holy terror of a sister. Came oh, along. shit. Yeah. Anyway, my mom and I don't agree on much these days. Cough, Trump, cough. <laughs> but I never doubt her love for me. And I know that she'd still jump into a pit to save me from drowning Aww. in plastic balls. Peace, Emma. Aw, these are some fucking solid stories this week. Like beautifully written, Emma. Yeah, yeah, that was really that was really that was a that was a wonderful blend of, oh. of all the things we love. Great. That great was job. excellent. Well, hey, I've got one more. Great uh, story. I'm not going to read you the title. Hey, darling, dearests. <laughs> <laughs> I go by Molly and I'm from Boston. I've decided to share my most embarrassing memory with fellow murderinos as an offering of levity between all the, you know, murders. One day at my college work study job in the library, my daydreaming is interrupted when a coworker anxiously asks, do you hear that? 
He points at the wall and I noticed it is buzzing. We we figure it might have something to do with the construction upstairs. So we call down a worker to come investigate. Sooner or later, though, pretty much every class that shares a wall with us is now in the library trying to figure out what the noise is. Pretty soon I hear my boss say, whose backpack is this? He's pointing at my backpack, which is slumped against the wall, the noisy wall. When he picks it up by the grab handle, the wall stops buzzing. Then it all clicks in my head. And I remember there's a vibrator in my backpack. Oh, honey. Which must have been turned on when I toss my backpack against the wall. As my boss be- begins to unzip the bag, I make a th- pathetic sound, dash over, snatch the bag and scurry into the women's room to turn off the vibrator. When I come back for the rest of my shift, my middle-aged boss, undergrad co-workers, the library staff, construction workers, professors, students, etc. are all giggling hopelessly. <laughs> Everyone in the library that Monday morning knew that I had a vibrator in my backpack, evidently so powerful it caused a public safety disturbance in the library. Oh my God. To this day, I have unsuccessfully maintained that it was an electric toothbrush. <laughs> so thank you for finally giving me an opportunity to come clean about the vibrator in my backpack at the uh, library. Stay sexy, but not so sexy that your vibrator goes off in the school library and don't get murdered. And then not surprisingly, there's no name. <laughs> thank you. No name. That is cathartic. And we've all been there. Mine was an no, enema at the airport. <laughs> Being held what? aloft by the Ugh. TSA because I forgot and it's over eight, you know, eight ounces and I forgot to take it out of my fucking travel oh my case God. and she was cracking up as she held it aloft. No, and I was that's like, please mean. don't do that. Please don't do that. Oh, my God. We were God. both laughing and I don't care. Obviously, I'm saying it on the podcast. So what do I get? Listen, people have needs. People find libraries incredibly sexy. Uh, <laughs> traveling people, is dih- dih- tra- dehydrating. Traveling is hell on the body, as we have learned. <laughs> no shame. A lot of shame. But no so shame. much shame. But I. Yeah. What what would you do? I just put I. It's such a human story, like to hear that and just uh, be like, what the hell is that noise? Sinking. And you're joining in on that. Uh, like, yeah, what is that noise? Because you can't. You Thank God remember. she gra- had the had the like, you know, she wasn't frozen and grabbed the backpack before he because the holding a loft part is the part that's. <laughs> well, that's cruelty. Yeah. I think I feel like hopefully. I mean, we'll never know. But in my idea, the middle aged man that picked up the backpack would not have held it aloft. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. He would have been more embarrassed than she was. Probably. Yes, that I would have bet on that. I think although I don't I think I would have froze because it would just been like, oh, no, it's over. Then you would have forfeited the backpack. I'm like, I don't know whose backpack that is. I don't know why papers with my name on the top is in there. That's not mine. I I don't know why my initials on the outside. (laughs) I don't Um, send us your I mean, we've opened the floodgates. Feel free to be anonymous, but you need to share these with everyone else because we've all been through them. Probably not as bad as mine and hers. But uh uh, you but know. maybe maybe worse. Do you have a worse embarrassment story? Shit, yeah, you don't have to put your name on it. We'd love to hear we it. Would lo- we would love to hear it. Everyone else would love to hear it. We're gonna show it to the light, so maybe you can take some of that off. I feel like once once you see hear how funny it is, you're gonna be like, that's that was worth it. It's also it'll um it is I think cathartic like you said I think it is that thing of like we've all been I've I felt like I spent 
most of my life having that embarrassment <laughs> feeling. So anytime I hear a story that's like that, I love it because it makes me feel better. Yeah, totally. It makes me feel when you less can, alone. And it's that thing of like laugh at yourself and it's who cares. Laugh at yourself, laugh at vibrators, laugh at laxatives, whatever it takes, whatever your system requires. <laughs> We're all the same. Yep. Please send it. Please send it to my favorite murder at Gmail. Tell Lily we say hi. And and also please stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Elvis, do you want a cookie? Ah.